0: everyone great town here along with your co-host Halloween Queen T and hello. on this hello um on this episode we are going to dig deep into the psychological aspects of villains of the comic genre and gaming genre and movie genre and tv genre like as <laughs> all the genres as well as deliver you some gaming and media news as well which we're going to start off with so hope you guys are doing good out there we're just going to jump right in so first off, I would like to discuss Universal Studios Japan is ah. coming with a first. They they are Super Nintendo World. Okay, so that they actually released some photographs, which looks pretty pretty good. Um, it's opening next year, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, in Japan in 2020. That's the target date. Yeah. And uh, Halloween Queen, T. You did some research on this a little bit, I, right? You said. I, did. Notes, hadn't papered it. You stapled it. yeah you, you got. <laughs> I
1: actually have it in my Lisa Frank fucking folder. <laughs> it's got I thought you were stickers. gonna say
0: Anne Frank for a minute. I was like Anne Frank. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. <laughs>
1: got like NSYNC stickers because I'm stacking a time machine. Whatever, but that that's fine. So. uh yeah, so I did, again, just like my other previous episodes, I've done a little bit of research. Um, so, yeah, it looks like it's going to be opening in Japan in spring of 2020, so you are correct, sir. Um, by the way, did you know that it cost, so this particular development for the Japan location, uh, $544 million?
0: Oh, because money is shit to them, but yeah, holy sh! Wow. I-
1: spit on you it's nothing i'll wait
0: <laughs> not i piss on you me, with me. your faces <laughs>
1: but yeah so also according to sources so check this out because I, I i'm assuming we're gonna have to take a trip to japan i, I feel like uh, i think
0: on. we're gonna have to learn japanese very very yeah. soon
1: we're have to to do all
0: uh
1: but you're gonna be uh this, again according to my sources uh you're gonna be able to have it's a wristband and it's gonna have a big red mario symbol on it uh, they also had mentioned that you'll be able to use that wristband all throughout Super Nintendo World. It will keep your score as you play various games throughout the park. That's actually pretty fucking awesome, if you ask wow. me. Wow. Yeah. Oh. So, as of right now, they've announced that there's a Super Mario Kart ride. Yes, and,
0: I heard about that. Oh.
1: Yoshi Rides, which I'm like, by the way, it says, but, so it says Yoshi Rides, which I'm like, sounds like a fucking porn, but okay.
0: <laughs> Yoshi Rides, Yoshi Rides of the Dragon. Yoshi, Yoshi
1: Rides. <laughs> Volume two. Okay. All
0: right. Get jiggy with it. All right. So Yoshi, I never heard about that. I wonder what Yoshi, so it's multiple. It's plural. Right.
1: That's, but that's what I'm saying. Like, is the name of the ride Yoshi Rides or are there multiple Yoshi Rides? I don't know.
0: All I know, man, is once that Mario Kart ride releases, I don't care how it is. If it's 50,000 miles, I don't care. Just get me on a plane, a boat, an airship. I don't care. Just get me to Japan because I want to be. Riding around in Mario Kart in fucking Donkey Kong Mobile, hearing that that theme song and picking up items and hearing yeah, because I love Mario Kart so much.
1: Well, hold on, because this actually might be in your favor. So obviously, Orlando is also working on their um, expansion for Universal, and um, the construction actually started in 2017. I actually know if you have you know searched it, you will see that there's very. I guess minimal work being done. But the rumor is, is that that will be opening in Orlando in 2023. If you want to wait till then.
0: No way. 2023. Yeah. Oh, th- that's like tomorrow. <laughs> oh
1: <my God. laughs> Maybe. Two, but no, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean, no
0: that's,
1: that's, that's the rumor. It's 2023. It's not a solid, um, Game plan like clearly there's a lot of work being done. I'm not sure how much it's that that's costing but for Japan to be You know basically more than a half a uh, half a billion dollars I can only assume that Orlando is putting in a shit ton of money as well
0: Can we just here's a question for you? Can yeah. we just get rid of the Harry Potter land and just gut that nonsense? And can we get Super Nintendo because who really cares about Harry Potter? I'm sorry Ooh, people. If you, you really care that, about Harry Potter anymore listen you say that
1: but that is right now and this is this is again tying into my theme park like knowledge that is ousting disney like crowd like right now harry potter shit their ride they have the one ride that just came out um first of all i've never i, I don't like harry potter i'm so I'm, I, I guess tried um,
0: i really did people i tried I, so to like I, harry potter i can't I? I just can't
1: But they had their the ride that just came out, I'm not even gonna fucking fuck up the name because I don't know it, because I don't know Harry Potter, so I'm not gonna shit all over it. But that ride had a fucking ten hour wait opening day. Oh yeah, it's Harry Potter the influence of Harry Potter is what influenced Star Wars and Disney. So
0: Well, to do with it, yeah. I mean I guess I guess Harry Potter was around first in terms of aspects of like theme parks, but I mean, honestly, though, I guess I just never took to Harry Potter because I growing up, people used to tell me I looked like a fat Harry Potter as a kid <laughs> growing up, so I guess uh, it kind of stuck with me, and I said I resented it, so I maybe I'm just biased. But <laughs>
1: I don't really sound like meh, but
0: no. Yeah, if you saw my prepubescent fucking uh, picture with the big, round, thick goggle glasses and the horn-rimmed glasses, you'd be like, yeah, fat Harry Potter. Husky. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I,
1: I was gonna say I thought that you were gonna say I was just a fat I was just a fat boy, just riding around in a cape. And
0: just <laughs> <laughs> well, I and was next. with the glass. The glasses, man, the glass. If you saw the glasses, I'll show you pictures wearing my fucking Lakers jersey and my I I don't know. I guess I was into sports back then. But uh,
1: Harry Potter likes the Lakers. When did that happen? <laughs> I
0: don't. I don't know. It's just a. It's like a time warp. Like you go into a parallel dimension and you just see Harry Potter dribbling a basketball. I I don't know, but.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, by the way, with this entire land situation, uh, well, I'm calling it a land. I mean, it's a it's Nintendo World, but it's a land. So it made me think of, you know, it's it's competitor Disney. So you know how Disney has, like, a special store? It's called the bibbidi Boppity Boutique. And yeah. it's where kids from 3 to 12, they turn into princesses, you know? Okay, that that's great and all. But is Nintendo World going to allow nerdy adults like myself to turn into Princess Peach? Because that's what I need to know.
0: Um, I think if you can dream it, it'll happen. <laughs>
1: this, I will gladly be like the guinea pig. It will look like the worst fucking cosplay ever, but I <laughs> if will...
0: they can market it, if they can sell it, if they can put a sticker on it and slap a price tag on it, you bet your ass you're gonna be able to buy a purchase peach uh, dress, gown, and wig, and necklace, and gloves, and you're gonna be able to do peach bombs and fucking an umbrella and. Do the whole kit and caboodle. If they can sell the whole package for like two hundred bucks, build your own Peach outfit. Just like build your own lightsaber. Yeah, they're <laughs> gonna they're gonna let you do it. <laughs> we probably like
1: bivvy Bibbidi, Bibbidi-Bobbidi boutique for for you to have your little fucking snot nosed kid. It's a it's like hundred and twenty bucks. So.
0: Oh yeah, they'll and parents will pay it because the kids won't shut up unless they unless they get it. So yeah.
1: <laughs> there they go on the podcast, making fun of the children and the parents. You shut. Uh, damn frustration. Uh,
0: your damn kids and your music. But
1: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. So yeah, that's something to look forward to. So Japan next year, if anybody out there is relatively close to the the uh, archipelago of Japan, um, you know, you can go there. But then twenty twenty three is a possibility for yeah. Orlando. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's great. So yeah, so another thing I want to discuss as what's going on now. It's a little bit of a nonsense topic, but I just thought it's hysterical. Konami. One of the grandfathers of classic video games, Castlevania, Contra, Silent Hill. Okay. They have released a new video game. They released they actually released a new Silent Hill video game, everybody. Brand new Silent Hill. Yes. And no, it is not PT. It is not PT. It is not the PT you want, because in this form of the video game, ladies and gentlemen. You have to insert your hard-earned money into what they call a pachinko or slot machine, wait, and it will, wait, yeah, uh-huh, yeah,
1: so wait, with wait, are, are, are you with me? Are you telling me that, they're, that they've made a slot machine?
0: <laughs> they made a slot machine with Silent Hill theme, and it's heavily psychologically story-driven, so, and it's what? driven what? on your hard-earned coin. That's how you get progress in the game. I'm surprised <laughs> fucking Call of Duty hasn't done this yet because it's pretty much. <laughs> no, 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 Konami. Listen, listen. Okay, Bobby Kotick, the CEO of Activision, and act, and he's a he's a slime ball. Don't get me wrong, but the fucking kings of deceit. And scum is Konami. has become Konami because <laughs> they don't even care about the last they released a contra video game last week at the month, I think it was. I bought it. I sold it the first day because Wait. it's not Contra. If Willis st- Willie Ramon is still listening and he can hear this and he'll be mortified to know that this new contra came with a fucking cooldown on the gun. Contra, a game that required you to relentlessly shoot your foes in order to fucking survive, had a cooldown on all of the guns for uh, a, at least twenty <laughs> second cooldown. What the fuck are you doing for twenty seconds while enemies just relentlessly keep pounding you? Well, touching, what are
1: you doing? Touching your penis. You're touching yes. your. That time, I know. You're I know.
0: fucking touching something. you you're jacking in San Diego or something. I don't know what you're doing, but uh, you're doing something. But I'm sorry, it just aggravates me. So yes, the new Silent Hill is a psychological horror game. And the horror aspect is that you have to be fucking mortified that even think of playing this piece of shit because it's not really a game. It's a fucking slot machine gambling Piece of nonsense. Now, but, hold on. Now, so, we're,
1: we're talking an actual physical slot machine, like it's going to be in Vegas yes. type of situation. It's
0: in Japan. They're calling it a pachinko machine in Japan, but it's okay. going to be distributed to other casinos in the United States. And they're going to, United States will call it slot machines because, and what's so different about it is that you put money into these machines and it doesn't just, you know, spin up, you pull a lever and then fruit pops up. No, you actually see like videos playing of like the game. So you actually think you're how you're playing a game, but it's manipulating oh, okay. you into thinking that, oh, you're going to progress more and see what's going to happen next. If you keep putting money into it and then you'll eventually get a payout. I, That's I, I don't
1: know. Like sh- I will say though, uh, cause I was in vague, I, I, was going to Vegas pretty often. I will say that they have slot machines on shit that you wouldn't think about, like Sharknado. It's the same kind of fucking thing, like, see what happens with the Sharknados. Keep giving you money. Will the shark (laughs) come and fucking eat your vagina? Let's find
0: out. (laughs) It's terrifying how these corporations are trying to do anything because these corporations nowadays, they don't want a piece of the pie. They want all of the fucking pie. And then even when there's nothing left, they just want to get blood from that stone. And that's what Konami's doing because you know they don't care anymore. They're just like, look, we're gonna take whatever we have. They have such classic IPs, and they know that will sell. They're just putting yeah. them on on gambling now because gambling people they know have addictions, and these poor people out there who have problems and issues, they're just putting it out there. And they're like, oh wow, people who are gamers and have a, have gambling addictions—that's the fucking peanut butter and jelly for them. They don't give a shit. They're just gonna make all the money out of, out of them. So
1: wow, this um, just turned into a very sad podcast.
0: No, no, no. I'm just I'm just no, saying, being a realist. Right. I'm just saying. But that's okay, I'm about to get it lively on here because the next topic is PlayStation Five because there's a lot of good stuff about ps5 coming, so
1: okay well yeah, what's going on Because you're definitely better at this type of uh knowledge
0: yeah. Thing. PlayStation Five, there's they just confirmed. Uh, first of all, it's the release window is it's coming out a, a Halloween, a Halloween, whoa, well, <laughs> Halloween on the mind, uh, holiday 2020. It's going to be fully backwards compatible with PlayStation Four games, and even they're even saying rumor has it they're patenting uh, PlayStation One, Two, and Three games as well. Oh
1: my God! Of course, I don't have them anymore. Why would <laughs> I?
0: Oh. Um, I don't know if Will has PlayStation. Uh, console but if he does hold on to those discs for dear life because they're saying that it's a possibility that those discs will be playable it's a it's a very likely possibility that i keep seeing articles every day pop up so it's yeah (laughs) um other than that they're saying that the console is going to have a ssd hard drive for storage now uh, it's a solid state hard drive um what that is is it's a very fast processing uh drive so Load times will be reduced to, and I'm not even exaggerating this. You'll go from having hitting a load screen for like 30 seconds, 20, 30 seconds, to like two seconds. It'll be like you can count on your finger, one hand, one, two, it'll be on. That's how fast it'll load. Um, data. And it's gonna they're saying rumor has it, it'll ship with a one-terabyte solid state hard drive, which is a ridiculously large hard drive for a solid state. It may not sound large, but it pretty much is because. For a solid state hard drive, right now, like on my computer, I have a 128 gigabyte solid state hard drive, and and that drives the cost up on the the hardware because solid state drives are very expensive because they're they're new. They're but they're 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 bringing they're coming down in cost right now, which is great. Which is why they're thinking that the PS5 is going to retail for around in between five and six hundred dollars. That's cool. what they're I aiming. Mean, it's it's going to be a little bit more pricier, but it's going to do a lot more. They're saying. Um, the controller, they're saying, is also going to be um, – uh, it, it's going to have a very different type of controller. It's going to be two key innovations. Uh, they're going to adopt uh, more a different rumble-type technology, and also they're going to do a tactile sensation with the triggers. I don't know okay. if you guys remember, on the PS3 or PS2 era – they, they tried to do that with the face buttons, with the, the symbol buttons, like the cross and the square button, where you if you hold it down or you, you press it, it depends on the pressure. It's pressure sensitive. So yeah. they're going to kind of do that with the PS5 triggers uh, as well, which is um, something to, to look forward to. They're going to, oh, and the controller is going to be lighter. Wait, but it's going to have a much longer battery life, they're saying
1: that that you know what that's actually part of my problem with the ps4 so that's actually good to hear
0: yeah uh my ps4 controller dies almost like within a few hours and it's terrible am, yeah uh and if they can do that and they're gonna it's gonna be more energy efficient quieter and they're saying that the it's gonna be more socially intertwined with everything so hopefully it'll be more because right now i don't know if you know this they're saying that they took away integration with social media, like like you could you, before you can um share it to Facebook, like your um what do you call it uh share your clip, video clips to Facebook. Well, yeah, um, I was just
1: gonna say, I just I had an update recently, and they took away the integration of uh, Facebook. So I'm curious, what so. How is this going to be different for a PlayStation five? How would that
0: be? Well, they're saying that they're, they're taking it away for now because of the privacy factor. They don't want all the security breaches that's been happening recently in the gaming industry. They don't want to risk another breach with personal information being leaked. So they're taking that off for now until they figure out how to, uh, remedy the situation. um, also, last few bits, of, few bits of information: the console will support—I don't know how this is going to be possible—up to 8 fucking K, 8K, not 4K, 8K gameplay. Um, you know, for those $50,000 8K TVs out there. And um, also, each disc will have a 100 gigabyte capacity, so it's going to—it's going to be four—it's going to be a 4K Blu-ray player. So if you have any 4K movies, you can see it—you can play it on PS5 now. Um, so, it's going to be, be, be
1: like you're playing a game, like you're living the game now. Like, that's uh, yeah. th- th- this is your life.
0: <laughs> and it's going to be 3D audio, everything, VR yeah. functionality, all that good stuff. So, yeah, that's pretty much all the information on the PS5 for now. It's going to be ridiculously the load times especially they're saying load times will be even under a second so they they did a a comparison with the spider-man game i watched back to you can go on google and and youtube this everyone out there who wants to do this i haven't seen it yet spider-man ps4 on ps4 running side by side on the ps5 dev kit ps4 load time for the initial boot was about 12 seconds for ps5 it was like 1.2 seconds it was insanely fast Uh, unbelievably fast
1: I didn't mean to cut you off. Do we have any idea in terms of um, like when this is going to be released? Like, what are we looking at?
0: Holiday 2020. My assumption is November, sometime in the month of November. That's when they like to. That's the big fiscal and right. year end. So that's that's what they're going to do. And same thing with the Xbox Scarlet uh, Holiday 2020. And Xbox Scarlet is going to release with um, Halo, a new a new Halo, which is the first time in over uh, 15 years that that's happened. Um and also PS5 is rumored to release with they're saying now I don't know how true this is they're saying they're gonna release it with a completely remastered copy of a cult classic called Demon Souls which is from the Dark Souls mm-hmm. series which is a fucking huge following now it started off as a cult classic now it's a tremendous following or it might release with I don't think this is gonna this is a, not gonna happen they're saying Grand Theft Auto 6 which um I don't oh think. that was- <laughs>
1: Oh, well, that would be worth the, the money for me right
0: there. <laughs> yeah, GTA 6, they're saying, and, it, and I heard rumor that it said it might be a timed exclusive to PS4, Pi, might nab it for like a good like six months or some nonsense like that. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying it's rumor mill
1: oh, right no. now. I guess, I guess we'll see. I mean, we're kind of right at the tail end of this, so I guess we'll get more news as the... Yeah. Um, go buy
0: now yeah next month is uh xbox uh, anniversary and microsoft anniversary for the xbox next month in november they're going to release more details about scarlet and ps5 in december so yep more to come
1: am i the only one that hates that that whole thing of like scarlet it just sounds like a robotic sex doll am i the only one who takes it there
0: <laughs> when i hear scarlet i think scarlet witch or like scarlet what's the scarlet letter i don't know i just think of those things and yeah I don't know, but uh, we'll see. That's not going to be the name. It's probably going to be something even worse, like Xbox, like, up your ass. I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think this t- that's probably a product in the porn industry, and I just don't know it <laughs> yet. But I'm thinking scarlet she she talks she moans she makes you wet like i'm like
0: okay <laughs> the scarlet g spot the glory g the glory but hole the Hole x
1: play xbox play a game and have some <laughs> anal.
0: i don't okay. <laughs> anal, yes anal lube yeah there you go um but anyway that's about it for ps5 oh i actually went and skipped over something i apologize um i want to talk about it briefly i'll try and make this as brief as possible blizzard Activision Blizzard is under fire right now. I don't know if you guys know this, but they are under fire in China. Now, now
1: hold on. Blizzard is uh, World of Warcraft?
0: Blizzard is World of Warcraft. They're a subsidiary of Activision. Activision owns Blizzard. Um, yes. They are, first, uh, briefly, uh, long story short, uh, uh, there was a streamer on a game called um, Hearthstone, He was streaming a a Chinese, uh, an Asian fellow. who's in Chinese, of the Chinese descent, and he said on the on the stream, "Free my people," because in Hong Kong Kong right now, there's protests going on for human rights. Okay. Um, And he said, "Free my people" on a Hearthstone, which is owned by Blizzard, uh, stream on Twitch, and um, he got. Ramped for it um blizzard contacted him said and he was doing this he was part of um mlg major league gaming so he was like it was like a contest so he was winning money like real physical money he was competing he was a contestant he actually did so well enough he won money and they said you know what we are banning you forever uh, from playing our game and we're taking away all your money oh that fucking sucks now why they're doing this is because blizzard has financial market interest in China and Obviously. China's China's 10 cent stock corporation oh that has 10% stake in blizzard so they can pull okay. out at any time and China is infamous for banning whatever they don't like so blizzard jumped they thought they were jumping ahead of this when in reality they were jumping the gun and they because China was quiet about this they didn't hear a fucking word from China about this but blizzard said oh we got to just jump ahead of this so they banned the kid and this caused a massive uprising with a community not only the gaming community but in china china called. when it is the human rights people and they're like you know like holy shit like this kid is standing up for us 19 year old kid, a 19 year old kid he's just standing up for his country just wants his country to be free and 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 fair and blizzard is just like no we're gonna side with china we're gonna be a tyrant. We're gonna side with China and fuck you. Yeah. And later on, a few days later, after they got such pushback, Blizzard uh came out and said, "All right, we're gonna just suspend you for six months, and we're gonna give you some of your money back." That which was a poor move. It, they should have just rescinded everything. They half-assed it. They're like, "Oh, yeah, gonna, that's uh, what the hell, right?" I mean, um, so yeah, I just wanted to touch on that to say shame on Blizzard and yeah. for like, shame. deciding shame, 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 shame. On Blizzard for siding with such a, uh, you know, uh, just only fear for the only reason they're siding with China is because they have financial interests. They don't care about China, to China pride or anything like that. They just care right. about the money, care about the all dollar.
1: And obviously, we're talking about human rights. I mean, if that's someone's, you know, to be fair, that's somebody's opinion and that's how they feel, the fact that, you know, you have to necessarily agree with it per se, but to punish somebody with an actual problem that's happening to me speaks very poorly. So I'm, I'm,
0: Shame, shame. Very shame. And honestly, if we're going to talk about human rights, we should talk about animal rights because they banned Winnie the Pooh because (laughs) the president of China felt a little bit offended because... I mean, honestly, people, if you look up Winnie the Pooh, you're just going to see, if you Google Winnie the Pooh and image search on Google, you're not going to see Winnie the Pooh. You're going to see the president of China. <laughs> you're you
1: do realize this is the second time we've brought up China, which means we're never going to be able to visit this country at this point.
0: <laughs> I, I am fascinated by the concept that that they have just branded the president like as Winnie the Pooh and... And I, A fun fact: the last episode of South Park, that why it was banned. I dug into it. I didn't watch the new season yet because I'm watching the old ones. But if you on the last episode, the one that got banned, that ban, that made the country ban the entire show of South Park from China, right. was in the episode. I watched a 10 second clip, and in the clip I watched, it was just a random clip uh randy the stan's dad one of the dads was fucking choking out winnie the pooh with like a like, like a piano wire he was fucking like strangling him and i'm like Uh-oh. i'm like oh my god i need to watch this immediately <laughs> like what happened and he was choking him out by saying like some shit about the, the president of china i'm like oh my god like Jeez. that is yeah that is ridiculous that is a that, way that's, it's, a, yeah.
1: that's a little triggering <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I was like, wow, no wonder why you guys got fucking banned.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Oh my god. Can we just can China just be on good behavior for the next couple of weeks like?
0: <laughs> I don't know. You just got to like, yeah, you got to tell Winnie the Pooh to chill out over there, man. Have some have some honey, you know, just relax. <laughs> oh bother. <laughs> but anyway you have some exciting news for us don't you halloween queen you got you got some news for about the blair witch game that you took about a year to beat but you uh, finally, uh, finally got through it
1: i finally beat it and i have my little i guess my i, I don't know my, my my opinion i know i have a lot of those but <laughs> I, <laughs> I finally beat it this was to be fair the reason why i beat it was because you kept fucking telling me you gotta beat the fucking game so you are my motivation. Otherwise, I was just going to fucking burn it at, at some point. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, so to... Okay, so the Blair Witch game, if you guys aren't informed. So let's, let's take it back a little bit further than that. The Blair Witch movie, in case you millennials don't know what's what. Um, the Blair Witch movie was released in 1999. Um, and that was... Keep in mind, 99. This is pre-internet. This is pre-social media. When Blair Witch Project came out... Um, it was a movie that people thought legitimately happened, okay? And I'm sure now, like, when you're, y- like, the younger kids, they're like, um, you could just Google search it. There was not a fucking Google search. Um, Wait, so you're telling
0: me Blair Witch didn't happen? No, I thought it was what? real.
1: It not ha- no, it did not happen. Those actors, they were fucking actors. They're alive. I'm sorry to break your heart.
0: My whole life has been a lie. I shit. know.
1: But this was this was the age of of pre-social media so they were able to get away with this so this this phenomenon that happened now keep in mind this movie it cost sixty thousand dollars to make that movie wow. made 250 million dollars oh. so it was the first in its own you know in its own origin of just that diy type of filming which obviously then came like paranormal activity and shit like that but um what I will say is that with Blair Witch, the reason why the hype was so amazing is because people legitimately thought it was real. And then Q, a couple of months later, they seen the actress. I forgot her name. I think it's Heather Donahue. I'm, I'm probably wrong on that one. But um, they're like, well, she was like at a fucking supermarket. And people are like, hey, um, ain't you are <laughs> <be> Like, what's the deal with that? And then, yeah, so sure enough, you know. Okay, So, so that's the movie. So let's fast forward to... Now we had a Blair Witch game, which is obviously, it was way overdue, the, the, the concept, because to me, the Blair Witch is, is a phenomenal, you know what, I, I, I feel like I didn't watch that this Halloween season, I gotta add that on. But um, yeah, the Blair Witch game just came out in uh, August, and uh, it was voted 6 out of 10 on Steam, and um, I will say, so again, this is going to be a game of, a, not a game, a, a review of a little bit of spoilers, so if you haven't played it, you can leave now, I will not be mad. <laughs> Um,
0: we'll give you three seconds to leave. Three, two, one. All right.
1: Three, two, one. We're ready. Okay. <laughs> so the game is clearly PTA influenced. By the way, to me, it was there was a lot of PT, uh, you know, etc. Yes. So I'll, I won't dig too deep on that. The reality of this game, even if without spoiling anything really you you got the breadcrumbs that this was going to be about ptsd like you kind of got that this was this character his name is ellis and he has a beautiful puppy he's not really a puppy but named bullet okay so this is your your partner in crime your buddy and you are searching for a you know a missing boy um and you're going into the woods i'm just kind of you know we're just kind of picking pieces here but um he uh ellis's um clearly again try not to give away too much he has a past of some sort and he has flashbacks throughout the games um so for me the gameplay so let's dig a little deep on that i wasn't happy with the gameplay this wasn't my problem it was the gameplay um I felt I felt like a fucking idiot that I could not figure out a lot of things that I had to rely on walkthroughs online, and I'm not one of those people that need to be babysat through a game. But this was like the one time that I was fucking calling great talent over here. I'm like, what do I do? My what do I do? It was, it was just it's. It, it seemed like the ch- certain challenges were a little too. Um, they weren't super obvious, which I'm not saying that they should be obvious. But it's a very dark game, obviously. Literally, it's a dark physical fucking game. But for myself, yeah. it just it, it the build up to get to a point of interest took me a very long time. It took me halfway through the game, specifically when I got over a part that involved the steam donkey. as I'll refer to it, which is <laughs> what it was. But um, the story didn't build quick enough for myself. But once we got over that hurdle of the difficult kind of gameplay and we got to a more fluid, like, okay, we're concentrating on the story and kind of simplistic uh, murder-solving type aspect, it picked up for me. So it wasn't my old—it wasn't a favorite, but it was fucking frustrating for me a lot. I will say I stopped this game— I would walk away, come back a couple of weeks later. My husband had heard me throw the, re- the remote multiple fucking times, cursing Grey Talon's name.
0: <laughs> Look, yeah, I'm- I told you the game from the beginning was janky as hell, but if you could overlook that little, like, well, not little, it was a pretty major, the, the gameplay was just rough. It was very rough, but the yeah. story was, to get there, you're right though. It took half the game for the story to really, you know. What, like
1: if if you first started the game, like you're you're starting off in a in a really basic you know scenario of there's a little boy missing in the woods and you're helping trying to find the boy, and then it just kind of digs into this like fucked up Nancy Drew type of fucking like figuring out you know how to get this this and that. To, to me, there was. So with the Blair Witch, the one thing I will say, I guess, partial spoiler, it it really touched on more of a supernatural aspect, which I think part of me, that's why I wasn't crazy about it, too, because of the movie. Um, I felt that the movie, because I was so heavily influenced by that in my interest, that I thought of the Blair Witch as more of an actual, like, maybe not like a witch, but nothing supernatural, like something that was... um, you know, not not like a fucking I don't know, like a light demon. Like it, it I don't. I think part of that kind of fucked with my opinion on this because it touched on so many elements that I think it took away from the core of what the movie was. And I clearly had a biased opinion. Like that's the real. I clearly had a biased yeah. opinion into
0: this. That's that's totally completely fair. I respect that. Uh, but you also have to remember this too. Like the stuff that was happening that he was seeing, like those entities that he was seeing in the woods and in the house and everything. They might not not have even been there in the first place. They might've been again, like just created by his fucked up mind because at the end of the game, you know, you find out that big revelation and you're like, Oh, that's what that was.
1: Which makes sense. But then to me, we're still, there's still challenges and objectives that were based off of supernatural things. So regardless of at the end that we didn't find out until, Oh, it's all bullshit or wasn't bullshit. I just, to me, it just was like for me to get into that hype. It took me away from it. And on the other thing that I didn't like was this was a game that it the save option, the save and load option, I should say. Um, there were multiple times in the game tying into it being janky that I would get into the game. I'd get, I'd had multiple glitches, and it would save at one part but then I'd have to redo a couple of challenges on top of that. If I walked away from the game, like I did for like a month and coming back into it, I didn't have any kind of, I didn't know what the objective was that I left it off
0: at. So yeah, they they wouldn't tell you what to do. You would just have to kind of know. And you're right. The, 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 what do you call it? The checkpoints were very spaced far apart. Even I thought, even without any glitching or anything, it's just very, very far apart. And I don't know what, if that was by design or if that was a design flaw, but I will agree with you and say that the puzzles, while they were very intricate and very head-scratching and Nancy Drew-worthy, I don't. I feel like I enjoyed more of the camera. Remember the camera part where you can look and you can like rewind and manipulate I reality.
1: I did like that. I did like that. I,
0: if the game focused more on that and less about those it, those fucking complex, convoluted puzzles, yes. I would have appreciated that a lot more. Because that part, when you get the picked up the red tapes and you just you could rewind time and to clear obstacles and like make shit appear yeah. and disappear. That to me was pretty clever and, and more clever than just fucking figure out how to sp- uh, wind up a freaking steam wheel and then get a, a crank working, you know?
1: Exactly. And that's what I appreciated the camera too. So I, I do agree. I think the red tapes were great and those challenges involving the red tapes were they weren't fucking that simple, but you figured it out. So clearly it wasn't something that was super obvious, but you were all oh, like common sense. You kind of knew what to do X, Y, Z. The yes. other thing I liked about it, because once again, it kind of touched on the nostalgia of the Blair Witch Project, which obviously is based off of what? The filming crew that gets lost and in, into the woods. So right. I like that it, it had that nuance of that. Um, so I think that's why I also enjoyed that part. But like I said, my, my biggest, my biggest, my Fucking biggest hard on with this was just it's, there's certain parts that were super difficult, right. and I just didn't like the repetitiveness of a lot of stuff.
0: Um, well, that, that's PT though. If you ever played the PT, remember the PT demo, uh, you just it just looped, and every every time you loop, something changed. But in Blair Witch, though, I felt it, every time you looped, nothing really changed until like the tenth loop. You know, right? No, yeah. and
1: PT frustrated me for that point too. Like PT was was kind of like a game changer in a way, like for what it is, but. I used to get... With P.T., it was the same fucking thing. that I was like, what the... F-? I'm so tired of walking through the same shit. I don't like the yeah. repetitive nature. But P.T. at the same time w- had such a creepy essence that I didn't... I appreciated it for that. The build-up... In, again, the woods story, once you're in the woods, until you were introduced to a specific character, that's when that kind of... That build-up began. But until we met a specific character that we won't necessarily get into... um. To get to that point was just repetitive and in a way of like, I was so tired of just walking aimlessly through the goddamn woods. Like, that's really what it was. It was like, what the fuck is going on here?
0: But at least Bullet survived. I mean, in your playthrough and our, 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 both our playthroughs, you survived.
1: <laughs> well, I kept petting him and feeding him the treats and telling him he was the bestest boy because I didn't want him Listen to Listen,
0: everyone, everyone out there, if you're listening and you're interested in playing this game, this is not a spoiler. This is a, this is a, a necessity to know, need to know. If you want to make the dog live, just be nice to the dog. Love the dog. Feed him treats. Love him. Stroke him. Don't gnaw on him. Don't beat him.
1: Yeah, and don't ever let him go. Just yes, just,
0: don't let him go. <laughs> Never, ever, 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 don't ever do it.
1: Yeah, and and tying so tying into the game, so I finished it again. I don't want to give away too much, but it it did come full circle so it did kind of like okay it wasn't that bad once it was done much like you know most of my sex life i guess whatever (laughs) um but (laughs) but what i can say and this is going to turn so this is going to be a subject line that Gray talent is going to go deep into after this but um i will say so again we mentioned ptsd the game touches on the real horrors of life like the past, the decisions that haunt us. And literally this game is one of those games that the decision that you make is going to change the outcome of the end of this game. Of um, so this is literally speaking, but, um, but, the, but it happened in the layout of the, you know, the nineties, you know, but set in the, in the woods. Um, so it's, it's like taking the boogeyman concept of an actual monster and applying the scariest backdrop to the biggest demon that we can face. And that's our own dark side. Right. Which, Ooh, that's pretty
0: deep. Like, yeah, oh, that man. was a that was a philosophical uh, ooh, line. Just dropped. and
1: <laughs> and then what I will say, and I will I'll hop off the subject because I feel like everyone should give this game a shot, and uh, you know I don't want to cloud anyone's opinion. But Bullet, you know the the the, the beautiful puppy, um, <laughs> he was in some way. So tying into the end of this, was a dis- was in he was like a distraction. I'm trying to figure out how to say it. If you know how, sometimes we tend to use vices or people or situations Mm -hmm. because we don't want to fight certain battles alone um and the thing is is um it can predetermine a lesser fate of oneself meaning that this game will kind of make you think about your own fucking life and your own (laughs) decisions because you'll think about it and you're like oh my god you know this dog this dog who is his buddy his companion who he literally like literally would be like bullet go help me go seek go help and this, this, this other S, this other being was helping Ellis get through challenges and trying to help find a, a, you know, a missing boy. But if you apply this to life and you get to the end of the the game, you're kind of like, "Oh fuck, man! Like, do I have my own bullet? Like, what happens if that bullet dies? Like, it's it, it's a deep game in some way.
0: I want to build upon what you said. Now, I would have liked this better. Uh, and you know you can agree or disagree with me. I would have liked it better. Now think about this: the ending of the game, which I'm not going to say. I think it would have been better driven whether the you were nice to the dog or not. Like you just said, if you're if you're if you have a dog as a companion and you're nice yeah. to him and he's you're very kind hearted to him, you know good things might come come of it. But if not, and you're evil and you're a miserable fucking human being, then you, the dark side is gonna you know slowly creep out. I think that if you were nice to the dog and the dog lived, you should have got a different ending than what happened. But not regardless what you did to the dog, whether he lived or died, you got the same ending. There was not, I looked at you know there's you got. I- the same thing
1: same and uh, by the way i the one thing i i will say about the game is that i felt that the options for the endings were were not good choices i will say that i think they could have done a hell of a lot more for the amount yeah. of work that you do you kind of get shit out of it regardless
0: yeah i would like to be a lighter hearted ending there should have been a, a light side and a dark side ending the, instead of just a dark side and a darker ending because yeah <laughs> that's pretty much it's what like was. Damned
1: if you do damned if you don't. like it doesn't matter like it's like, yeah. which way would you like to be, you know, anally probed today? Will it be by <laughs> spike or will it be by acid? You took your pick.
0: Uh, just so you know, for the record, this podcast is not going to condone anal probing, but you know, <laughs> And consent. at the same time, it, it might, it might.
1: Consent, consent.
0: You consent. need a verbal and written consent, brah, uh, <laughs> to crush so, that pussy or that ass. So,
1: anyway. so now that we kind of touched on like basically PTSD, like that, that, that's the game. It's PTSD, the game, but, um. So now that we're talking about that, it, it started to make me think of other games and like movies, pop culture references that tie into you know like mental disorders or, you know, psychosis. Yes. So I'm curious, what would be like your top five? Now I know that put, you put know, a little bit of research into this.
0: Yeah, I, I did. Um, so I'm going to start from the bottom. I'll go five to start with number five and I'll go all the way to one. But um, now starting with, I dug deep into this guy. He's one of my personal favorites from the Metal Gear Solid series out there, Psycho Manus. And if you don't know what he looks like, you can Google him. He's very... uh... He's very relatable, well, not relatable, but you can, you can kind of identify him once you, once you see what he looks like. Um, Psycho Manus, he's an original character created by um, Hideo Kojima, the mastermind, the mm-hmm. psychotic mastermind of his generation. He created this character, Psycho Manus, who he did a little backstory. He was born in a uh, small village and during the Cold War. died. His mother died in childbirth, which is uh, which kind of says a lot there, and it also made his father resent and hate him. Uh, mm-hmm. because he thought he killed his mother. This actually is a plot in, uh, I know you don't watch it, but Game of Thrones is one of the pl- it's subplots of uh, one of the 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 uh, the dwarf, the dwarf, uh Tyrion Lannister. Okay. Um, he, he he killed his mother in childbirth, and his father hated him for the rest of his life, his father and his sister. They Got it. But anyway, so he had not, in addition to killing his mother during childbirth, he was born with a disfigured face. He was deformed. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, and he started discovering he had these these like gifts, these like telekinesis powers where he can read people's minds and thoughts. And and after he discovered his father's true emotions and intentions, where his father just fucking resented him, was plotting to kill him and all this shit, he said he was disgusted with his his father's thoughts and said, you know what, fuck this. I'm just gonna like burn down my whole village because I'm gonna fucking do it, because the world is shit and everybody hates me. So right. fuck you. he burned down his village and his father, who resided in the village, burned with the village, so he killed his father in the process. Yeah and he said uh, and in order to to try and control this cuz his, his powers were out of control like he could read everybody's mind picture just walking around all fucking day long and you you can read everybody's thoughts and it just probably gets ridiculous so yeah. in order to attempt to control this he donned like your favorite like a gas mask he put a gas mask on <laughs> And he tried to, like, do some, like, yoga breathing. I don't know. He fucking did some sustained control Darth Vader breaths uh, to try and control his his powers. And he kind of did. He he did that. So later on, fast forward down his life, he joined, like, military groups, like militias, KGB, you know. uh, And he eventually ended up in the United States. And working for the FBI. And during one of his excursions, he worked as like a psychic investigator to like break down criminals' minds and get inside their heads and see what right. if they kill people or not, you know, suspected killers. And one of the killers who was really fucked up on some Michael Myers level, he got into his head and he pretty much just went insane from there on in. It drove him. Pretty much batshit insane to the point where he fucking started like cutting himself and making scars on his body and fucking oh, making wow. self made tattoos and on his head and shit. So he just fucking went batshit insane from there on in. And that's where he and he ended like pretty much just fucking going nuts. But and my opinion though on this, that those were the facts now on the opinion side. I think this fucking dude was cursed ever since he burst through his mom's placenta. Like just fucking rendering her life. Yeah, it sounds dark, sure. but It is, right? I mean, and as his father's like, hatred, like, rose for him, I feel that, like, you know, he he was he. – First of all, look, you got to look at it, I guess, from both sides of the coin. The father was like, look, in his point of view, you killed my wife. You killed your mother. You look hideous. I don't know what fucking happened to you. You have these powers which I don't understand. These Professor Charles Xavier from the X-Men powers – And, you know, honestly, it led to his eventual loss of whatever sanity remained, you know, from looking down upon by his father and and I guess society at the same time, you know, before his mind just snapped like a twig on reality. So this is why I don't know if you ever played or you guys have ever played the Metal Gear Solid video game when you encounter Psycho Mantis uh, in the game. He will actually just start talking to you like he fucking knows you, like you're your colleague or a friend of his. He'll say, Oh, he'll start reading the memory. I don't know how fucking Hideo Kojima did this, but at the time it was impressive because it was 1998. Like, and you just encounter this freak, this psycho freak, and he's just mm-hmm. reading off your game saves from whatever memory card you, whatever game saves on your memory card at the time on the PlayStation. So if you had fucking Castlevania on your memory card, he would go, I see you're a fan of Castlevania. Oh <laughs> so so he was like, like his brother. <laughs> yes, exactly. So he's like, You like killing vampires and all that shit or some nonsense. So I mean, honestly, he lost his state of well-being. He didn't, his mind began to fucking harness the powers of space and time, transcending existences. The inside of outworldly elements. He broke the fucking fifth wall, fourth wall, and started breaking through different realities and planes of existence. And honestly, it could have just been going on inside his mind all the time, like a war inside his head. And yes, I just quoted Megadeth.
1: I was just
0: gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh Wow. That's Psycho Man, it's a really fucked up individual.
1: <laughs> very, a very detailed account of, of this man.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I dug deep. I I went in. No, he's one of my favorite characters in the series. I really I hate to see that he got offed in the first game. Anyway. now What
1: about your number four?
0: Number four is very interesting. Uh, Her name is Alma, and she's from the Fear Series. If you Google and check out what she looks like, she kind of looks like the chick from The Ring. If you look at her, she has, like, dark hair that covers her face, and, you know, she's a little girl and very creepy a kid. Um, Her story is that, you know, Best villains out there, you know, they, they are, you know, they aren't always like all-powerful, like godlike creatures or necessarily evil. Some of the more captivating ones, in my opinion, are more ambiguous and nuanced. Mm-hmm. They aren't just, you know, they aren't just there to like fear but more, you know, but understanding what drives them. And Alma is honestly a better choice for me in one of these categories because her actions, are not only nightmarish and vengeful, but unlike many like antagonists out there of like the horror genre, uh, she honestly is just—you know—she has things justifiable, justifiable that she needs to avenge because she was pretty much used and abused and brutalized from early childhood because she okay. didn't, she weren't born, she wasn't born with these powers. Like she wasn't born with like any type of like uh, psychic psychic powers or anything. She was injected with them and tested on like a fucking test tube baby. So they experimented on her, and they abused her from birth and which is why it's more consistently terrifying because of her unsettling presence because she's a very much a supernatural danger because when you see her in the game she you think she's a specter or a ghost you don't think she's real because she you think that you see her like flashes of image images of her and then she just disappears and she'll just keep advancing on you and thinking that you're seeing things you'll you'll be like an event right and you'll be trying to get to the next area in the game. And all of a sudden, the screen will flash. And you'll see her, like, crawling in a vent. Just, like, oh. fucking disappear. And, and it, you just get chills down your spine. But anyway, um, yeah, my opinion on this whole, her whole, like, persona and everything. I think that she's interesting to me because, like, most of the time, like I said, you see her. She's just fucking, she's, like, on a fucking, you're in a park. And she's on a swing. And she, she's swinging in a swing. And she disappears. It's like, you know, you don't know what the fuck you're seeing. And... These are the powers she's been manifesting over the years after being experimented on. She's not a ghost. She's a little girl who has these like ghostly powers because of all the fucking experiments they did on her, which blurs the lines between reality and hallucination. So, like right. Psycho like her mental characteristics stem from her invasive childhood, which she's been poked and prodded on in her life, and it didn't help matters much, and which descended her into fucking madness. So she's pretty much like Carrie from the Rage movies. Except, you know, she's like half her age and she's like an apparition, resembles an apparition. And she resembles those, the ring, like the girl from the ring movies. And uh, she's much more than just a teenager who has been being bullied and to have like psychic powers or just a creepy girl who drowned in a well. Uh, She's like pretty much, like I said, she's genetically modified by science. She became, so she became the ultimate predator of your fears and traumas. And she's just a form of the, the deadly sin. What's the deadly sin? Wrath? She's just a form of wrath. So she's just coming down on humanity. Like, look, you made me this way. I'm gonna fuck all y'all shit up. <laughs> mean to make it Jesus. put on you, but she's gonna fuck all your shit up. So she was like this Frankenstein monster realizing what she had what she is and she what she's become and what she has to do. And she wasn't born and poked and poked at. She wasn't born like the the fun way where you know you get poked at by a peen and you're just uh, <laughs> In a fun always, way always fun. <laughs> yeah. so and also useless fact here in the third fear game the last fear game your your character's actually related to her they make her like your brother or something like that and you're her, she's your sister and uh you're like this whole family thing but anyway that's that so yeah that's alma she's a experiment uh, a product of her powers manifested from a product of experimentation so she's yeah messed up in that aspect
1: all right. Well, moving on to number
0: three. <laughs> Am I blowing you away yet? <laughs> <laughs> <All> <laughs> fucking deep, dramatical fucking things. Um, three easy. Thanos. Are you familiar with him? Thanos from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel Comics, the big purple dinosaur. Barney yeah, he likes. He likes. <laughs> uh, he likes
1: jewelry. And, you
0: know. <laughs> Grimace. Yeah, we call him Grimace. But anyway, so Thanos to me is a little bit. A little bit more fascinating to me because, well, first of all, uh, Thanos is a Titan. In the Marvel comic universe, he's referred to as a Titan, and he's a son of what they're called the Eternals. And if you are familiar with the Eternals, you can watch the movie that's coming out next year that they're doing. They're going to touch on the Eternals. Um, so anyway, Thanos carried this gene inside of him. It's called the deviance Gene, which is like a race of... Uh, like a, a war, a sworn enemy to the, these, these Eternals. They're like at war. They're in constant war. But he's carrying this gene inside of him, which resembles the appearance of these deviants, this other race that his race, the Eternals, is at war at constantly. So after he was born, he started to, de- to look like these deviant race. And his mother was just uh, flabbergasted and shocked by his appearance as, as time went on that she actually plotted to kill him. Her, her own son, she fucking plotted to kill
1: Seems and, to be a common theme by the way with most of your people I'm noticing
0: <laughs> yeah right I mean they have some type of mommy and daddy issues right I mean seriously so and and he was gonna he just before she was gonna kill him has the father stopped it and you know but still though when you you got to think about it like this your mother tried to kill you how you, you're gonna have some type of issue from there if you, if you found out your mom was trying to kill you mentally you're gonna be a little imbalanced so During Thanos, you know, he grew as he was growing up, you know, he became like a little like he was like acting inward toward himself. He was became a pacifist. He wouldn't communicate with anybody. And then when he reached his teenage years, he started becoming fascinated with nihilism and death. So he started worshiping death and the and he made a he worshiped death so much, not death as like just a like a a thing that you just like talk about. He actually physically like he he physically embodied like death and he actually thought he saw death like a physical embodiment of a woman that he amply was referring to as death. Nice. So, as an adult like he grew up, he actually focused on he he, he was really smart. He augmented his whole physical uh, strength and his powers and everything and he he became really smart doing do all doing all this science shit and he pretty much just Created, uh, you know, he was trying to get he's trying to get offspring for himself, and he he genetically created like his children, like he in a lab, kind of like Alma, like just fucking genetically modified in a lab, his children and everything. So, he honestly he finds no joy in this life. He found nothing until he was he he claims he was visited by Mistress Death, Lady Death again, who, uh, honestly he he just he tries to court her, and the whole the whole shtick of Thanos is he tries to court death. He wants to be with her he wants to he wants his life revolving around her he, but she will not show him affection in return so in his fucked up mind he created de- this embodiment of death and he wants to like marry her and make him his her, her his queen but at the same time she's showing no affection toward him no response toward his advances nothing so he says you know what maybe since death loves you know death i'm just going to exterminate half the life in the fucking universe so maybe okay. I'll impress her In order for her to to be my queen. So that's why in these movies he snaps his finger and half the world dies because he's trying to court death in the comics rather. In the movies, he doesn't really touch on that in the movies, but the comics more so. And I think, in my opinion, that – this shares a similarity with Psycho Manus because he was born slightly disfigured, as was Psycho Manus. Thanos was born disfigured. He carried a gene of those deviant race who frightens normal people for some reason in his world. And right from the cradle, he was doomed. I think Thanos was just doomed from the cradle. And, you know, when you grow up, like I said, when your mom was trying to fucking snuff you out when you're growing <laughs> up, <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you have some type of capacity for mental uh, imbalance. And, yeah. Thanos worshiping lady death-like figure, you know, like I said, it's well-known in the comic verse. It's not a spoiler. It's just well known that she was never really there to begin with. He just made her up uh, Because he's just so fucked up at that point now My personal opinion is is a little deep on you. I think that because he had such a rocky relationship with his Mm -hmm. mother that he created this mistress embodiment of mistress death to not only pursue her as his queen but all to rule by his side but also he wanted to like gain a, re- a love and return that he never got from his mother. So I guess you can say it's like a Freudian Oedipus like complex, yes, I guess. I agree. So I think that because he never had that parental type of figure in his life, he's like had like a mommy issue there, you know?
1: I I agree. And I apologize that the cat was having a fucking furball while you were going. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Damn it, Lucifer.
1: <laughs> I know, she's right underneath me and just fucking heavily breathing. And I'm just like, can you shut up? He's
0: talking about this man here. <laughs> you know, but who loves Kitty, though? Who loves who Kitty? Who loves
1: Kitty? Everyone <laughs> loves Kitty.
0: <laughs> uh, these are your shoes? Blah, sorry. Sorry, we're just Robin Williams references up the ass. Sorry, that's, that's what we long. do. All day All every day. But anyway, um, so what am I up to? Number two? We up to we're two? up to number two so i'm gonna go with a little man named cletus cassidy also known as carnage
1: i was gonna say cletus it sounds like a nice man
0: <laughs> now honestly carnage as we're gonna dig into he is probably i don't know why i don't have his number one but he is probably the most fucked up of all of them because he is a sociopath and a homicidal sadist um to say to say it lightly Deeply disturbed individual, horrible dark past. He was born in a fucking psychiatric ward. Okay? He was born in a psychiatric hospital. Uh, put it that way. So, and his, and after, shortly after his birth, he was born, his heart stopped said he had to be revived by the fucking doctor. So he died after he was born in a psychiatric hospital. So if that's not more cause for concern and alarm that this guy is going to grow up to be worse than Michael Myers. I don't know what, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know really. what does. I mean, so, and, and, and just to prove to truth my my point here, as a child, he attempted to kill his grandmother for no apparent reason, just by pushing her down a fucking flight of stairs. And he tried to kill his own mother by throwing a hairdryer into a bathtub while she was in it. Um, no big deal. No big deal. Tried to murder his dog with a drill, the power drill. No, no big deal. And after all this, his mother actually then said, "Fuck it, you're just too dangerous to be kept alive. I'm gonna kill you, kid." Tried to kill him, <laughs> and and was stopped and beaten to death by uh, by almost nearly death by his father. And um, yeah, so and then he was just orphaned pretty much, and he sent to a, a home for the boys or whatever, little orphan school, and he became antisocial and all this other stuff and. And then he just tried to get revenge by, you know, on this, uh, people who were picking on, he got picked on in the orphanage or whatever. And he tried to get revenge on the kids in the orphanage by murdering the administrator and pushing a girl down a fucking, you know, in front of a moving bus or some shit right. burning and even burning down the orphanage because reasons. Um, <laughs> but anyway, following that, I mean, honestly, he, as he grew up, he became to become his outlook on life and his whole philosophy was life was meaningful. living on earth was futile the end is is only coming so he just said to himself look the only real freedom in this world is through bloodshed so i'm just gonna fucking murder (laughs) that's pretty much it and that was his whole thing He, he murdered pretty much everybody he came across he was literally the michael myers of the marvel universe just Anybody he saw, he just murdered. And then fast forward down the line, he, when he came in contact with the alien symbiote suit, which turned him into carnage, Mm -hmm. the shape shifting creature known as carnage. It was just a recipe for disaster. And further to my opinions on this, I just, like I said before, I think that he gives Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees a run for their money where even they would go like, damn dude, take a fucking Zoloft and chill, man. Like just take it easy. Like what is your deal? And I think it's, it's obvious to say that when someone, like I said, is born in a psychiatric hospital, you're just dropping you're just a sign on your forehead from that point forward that says you're just fucked up. You know, it's just uh, from that point on. And this whole philosophy where killing in an anarchic-like fashion, and chaotic fashion, similar to that of the Joker, you know, where he was just an anarchist, killing for whatever reason he had uh, to liberate the mind. It was just a way of crying out for help. You know, like Thanos, his mother tried to kill him, his, his mother tried to kill Cletus Cassidy as well, uh, you know, for whatever reason. And uh, most of these villains, they share a likeness, uh, I think you would agree, with the mommy and daddy issues. You know, Yeah, it's almost common, like, trend, it seems like. It's a trigger, is what it is. So when the alien symbiote suit found him and turned him into carnage, I think it latched onto his body, it pretty much just, you know, would... Cletus Kasady's ambition for randomized just devastation and chaos matched with the symbiote's ravenous appetite for mutilation and just domination of everything over the living. And, you know, with this, its a symbiote suit, only its need for survival was reproducing. So they just pretty much got together and just called down a bunch of other symbiotes to, to Earth. And fucking later on in the comics, they just got together with a whole – and they had like a symbiote war and it was just ridiculous. But – Yeah, with Carnage at the helm and Venom and all that shit. So it's just, yeah. I don't know if you knew this about him, Carnage, but he was a fuck up. (laughs) So I've learned. (laughs) Yeah, a real bad fuck up. But yeah.
1: (laughs) All right. So that leaves us to
0: number one. I mean, if it's not obvious at this point, I mean, who else is left? Psychological villain? I mean, in the, you know, pop culture, comic, movie, game thing? I mean, you want to take a guess? my dad (laughs) close, (laughs) very close. Um, Uh, the clown prince himself, the one, the only, the Joker. Yeah. Now facts about him. He had honestly, there's three. I mean, there's three different takes of him. I want to talk about like the origins, uh, of the Joker. Um, the first origin is the silver age origin, which is the red hood origin i'm not sure if you're familiar with that but the red hood origin is he's like jack napier 1989 batman he's okay. pretty much like that except he's not in the. you know jack napier didn't wear a red hood he was a criminal um red hood there's actually two renditions of the red hood the first red hood was a criminal who just got pushed into a vat of acid and he became he went crazy and then it was the second rendition where he was a, a comedian and he was he was going through hard times, financial problems, so he he did a he he got, fell into the mo- a job with the mob. he fell into a bad crowd and he did one job for the mafia that would pay off his whole uh, living situation and a wife and a kid and whatever a kid on the way. and he was a failed comic. so he put on this red hood to rob someplace, a chemical warehouse and he got pushed into the same same story. he got pushed into the Vada chemicals went crazy. The second origin, well not origin, but the second rendition I want to talk about. Batman Beyond Joker. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Batman Beyond cartoon.
1: Yeah, a
0: little bit. The Batman Beyond movie is what I'm really interested in. Because in the movie, the Joker was really Robin. Mm-hmm. Also known as Tim Drake's Robin. That The little boy Robin. But in this movie, he was an old man. Because you know, Batman Beyond took place like 50 years, whatever, down the line. Or something ridiculous down the line. And Tim Drake, Robin... Was he he became the Joker in this movie because he went insane, had a mental breakdown after being held by hostage by the original Joker years prior to that. Okay. So that really fascinated me too. And then, of course, there's the origin of the Joker, which he's just an like the Dark Knight. He's an agent of chaos, unknown origin, simply wants to watch the world burn.
1: Agent so. of Chaos. That's a pretty like accurate way to say it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And my opinion of this, opinions of all of these, you know, either one of these origins fascinates me or these renditions of the Joker, if you haven't. Uh, like I said, you got the Golden Age one where he's just a small-time criminal, like, look at, you know, or just a desperate man. And then he just falls into his chemicals, which alters his mind, turning him into the homicidal maniac, uh, which you can look at from both sides of the coin. Uh, honestly, though, time if you look at the small-time crook one or the the one who was de- the the Joker, the origin who was desperate, the Joker, uh, you know the failed comedian version. You kind of can, kind of sort of feel for him because he had a family to provide for. He just was hoping on one big score to, you know, make it big and settle down and whatnot. But you know, his entire demeanor and mindset gets gets shifted after that. After he fucking falls into the vat of uh, chemicals and whatnot. And also, the Batman Beyond Joker fascinates me too because it's not even the fucking classic Joker, man. It's it's a Robin. That's the crazy twist. How do you have Robin? Yeah be a joker no, right flat twist. i mean a major plot twist and then you know i mean that just goes to show you how fucked up the joker is to break down someone like that and torture over after months of being held hostage torture you don't know what he did to him he could have even fucking molested him we don't even know what he did to him behind oh closed God. doors imagine that shit right i mean uh, it's just ridiculous and, you know, he just had a form of – in the movie, he had a form of, like, schizophrenia too. Like, he didn't even know he was the Joker until, like, like, somebody pointed out to him, like, dude, you're having fucking, like, acid trips and you're becoming, like, two different people. And last but not least, I just want to touch on my favorite rendition of the Joker, which I mentioned, you know, the unknown origin, the one who's just an agent of chaos because – He's my favorite rendition because, like, people out there who are the fans of the Dark Knight movie, one of my favorite comic book movies and one of my favorite movies of all time, um, he has no rhyme or reason to what he does at – at you know, and it can be perceived by the naked eye other than, yeah. you know, fuck it. Let's just watch the world burn down by performing random acts of violence. But, however, if you dig deeper, you may just find out that, honestly, this version of the Joker is more than meets the eye because – in this version, in The Dark Knight's Joker, at the end of the day, he wasn't really trying to destroy the city of of Gotham, uh, you know, and in, in turn, like, you know, like he's really trying to show Gotham how to save itself. Now, right. what I mean by this is I just recently watched a video on YouTube, a film theory video that summarized the Joker in The Dark Knight movie. Uh, for knowing the people have got them better than they know themselves, like har- characters like Harvey Dent, Two Face, Batman, Commissioner Gordon, as a whole, they claim that they know what's best for this the city. But yes. at the same time, do they really? Was it the Joker, though? When you really think about it, was pushing all the buttons and manipulating things, pulling the strings behind the scenes, uh, as a form of harmony within the chaos surrounding it? But nobody can see that. Like past the havoc which he was causing Allegedly uh, Amongst the civilization so I ultimately like perceive the Joker in the Dark Knight Movie to possess like some type of Form of intelligence that supersedes any Form of anything that we're Capable uh, even to the most enlightened of Thinkers and capable of perceiving Because Honestly any normal people Like you know average Joe or Jane Like you or I will probably look at him like all right That dude's fucking psychotic or demented but if you dig deeper, I think what he was trying to do was show the populace of Gotham the path to righteousness and salvation. Yet everyone reverted back to their primitive and Neolithic form of thinking and and viewed him as a pariah instead of the form of, like uh, I guess, a messiah, of, in a sense, you can say.
1: No, I mean, that that's a pretty accurate way to say it. I think the character of the Joker specifically, that format of the Joker, it's really the eye of the beholder of how people perceive him. I've, I've realized... Um, cause there's in terms of concept, like I feel like a lot of people will see him as a crazy madman. And then the other half of us are like, there was a deeper intelligence of notion of him understanding humanity versus what product of humanity became. If exactly. That
0: makes sense. No, you hit yeah. the now and then. And also you remember in the dark Knight movie, one of the favorite lines in the movie is when he's about to, uh, what was it? When he burns the pile of money and he said, it's not about the money. It's about the message. Right. So that's a deep fucking quote. It's like, all right, it's not like it can go. We can dig apart, pick apart that quote all day long because it is like at the end of the day, everything's about money. But he's saying, no, it's not about money. It's about delivering a message. So what message was he really trying to convey? So we don't know. We don't know what he he's like. Like he's like the dog chasing a car. We never knows what he's going to do if he catches up to one. But he just keeps chasing them. keeps chasing that dream. And.
1: We'll never know, but that's pretty, that, that's, that's uh Greytown's top five. I mean, that's a pretty, that was seriously like that, that, that was heavily researched folks. That was a lot of yeah, I, toilet I don't time know. Texting.
0: <laughs> pretty much, but anyway, Halloween queen, what, what is your, uh, do you have a top five? What, what is I your uh, list?
1: I don't have a top five, but okay. we'll, we were talking about i guess human nature the psychological aspect i'm going to go back to the to the i guess the platform of what i know best which is kind of like the jasons and the you know michael myers um so again i would assume they're villains per se um heroes heroes to some villains to most but um (laughs) i was trying to think of actual human like human us like real life day to day um like psychosis of that it would be like you have people with different you know bipolar disorder this and that so I was trying to figure out like okay these these people how would they be characterized if these were real people in society how would we view them on paper so to speak right. and Jason Voorhees, so the he's a in, an introverted personality so if we go back to the first movie he was born with deformities which might have made him might have made him a target for uh, for bullying when of I say course. the first we're, we're talking the first movie of if you, if you see him drowning in the first movie, you clearly see that this is not a normal little boy. You see that this is a deformed human being. And I'm like, hey, maybe that's why the the counselors didn't fucking like him. And they were bullying him. And, you know, like, fuck it. They kind of, like, let him drown. Like, hey, 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 there goes the drowning fucking, you know, rat boy. I don't know. Like, who the fuck knows? But
0: uh, um, I never thought of it that way. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. And to him, I think everyone is the enemy besides his mother, of course, which is. Right you know, we can try to figure out our own narrative on that. But anyone who has wronged this ultimate mama's boy can answer to his machete. You know, there's certain disorders, like there's trying to think there's like certain dissociative identity disorders, which is why maybe that's why Jason wears his hockey mask, which is to dissociate him from the brutal murders he commits. So almost like a split personality, but not because clearly he's Two of the same. Or right. maybe he's just completely upset that he never gets to eat his mother's famous meatloaf again. I mean that's <laughs> enough
0: to drive no, the meatloaf.
1: That, that's enough to drive anyone into a murdering rage, I guess. I don't know. Absolutely. Um right, now if again, I can't get my mom's
0: meatloaf. I will definitely fucking go <laughs> I will put on that hockey mask tomorrow.
1: Yes, we're gonna do this. We're definitely gonna do that then. Mm. No one no one fucks with mama's meatloaf, but I'm right. But yeah, and by the way, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. This is, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a therapist. I'm a fucking wacko trying to come up (laughs) with my own, my own, uh, interpretations of this. But the other one that I thought of obviously is Michael Myers. And I thought of this from a little, a little bit more intensity, which is to me, nothing is more terrifying than the thought of a child who kills for no reason. Mm -hmm. The setting of 1978's, Halloween completely sets an overall tone for realism, or a realism point of view, I should say, of a six-year-old Michael and his journey to the kitchen drawer to get a knife, and he puts on his clown Halloween mask. Hold on, we're gonna we're gonna uh, creepy setting. This sets the mood. Uh And up the stairs to his unsuspecting sister, brushing her hair, topless in the mirror, might I add? Always a good point of to point. <laughs> um, only to murder her as she screams his name in pure terror and torment. That is the only blueprint that the viewers get of the origin of Michael Myers. If you think about it, this is the beginning of the movie. This is just how we're setting up the story. Throughout the movie, you get little details here and there as to why this destiny came to be. But if we focus on the following movies after the original, we find that, spoiler, that by the second film, Lori, who's played by Jamie Lee Curtis, is actually Michael's younger sister. Ooh, ah, you know. Dr. Mm-hmm. Loomis also hints at an evil possession type of association when he discusses Samhain, uh as the sequels that pumped out after that. The concept of what Michael was kind of got far far fucking away from itself. As it, uh, <coughs> excuse me, as I die. Um, <laughs> got away from itself. As opposed to being like a scary six-year-old who kills, then it kind of turned into a little bit supernatural. So then after a while, it turned into truly not understanding how the Boogeyman came to be. So leaving the idea that a reckless, no one is safe or possibly born evil person exists is probably scarier than a Lifetime movie's concept that the rest of the franchise actually came to be. So it's really hard to diagnose Michael Myers as if he were human because he's just an animal who literally operates on instinct, prey and predator. Or in comparison, me at dinner, whichever.
0: (laughs) So basically what you're saying is.
1: He likes food. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. That's what you're saying. That's my phone ringtone. I was
0: like, wait a minute. Did I leave my phone on? I I, I had to do it. I just had to. No, that's it's it's such an astounding philosophy because Michael Myers terrifies me beyond belief, because like you said, it's just. He's kind of like like when I was reading and talking about Carnage because he okay. just kill for no reason. There really is no rhyme or reason. Like even with the Joker, there's a reason behind it. It's it's complex as fuck, but there's a reason. Jason Voorhees, there's a reason behind it. Michael Myers, why? You just you just don't know.
1: Michael and Michael Myers is like again. It's it's one of those things that not to we'll we'll, we'll dip into movies at some point later down the podcast line, but. The first movie gives it a form, like I said, a form of realism. Once we get after the first movie, then by the, the second movie, we're adding, like, this lifetime concept of, like, ew, they're related, dun dun and then it kind of got supernatural down the line, which is basically, like I said, tying into the origin of Saween, that it was, he was, like an, like, an evil, fucking possessed human being. Which, to me, I'm kind of like, that's not scary to me. Scary yeah. is a fucking, again, tying into... A six-year-old, and you don't know. The fact that you don't know is what makes it scary. The fact that you could sit and go, "What the fuck happened?" and makes yeah. your own wheels turn and your own interpretations come out. That's scarier than somebody writing a fucking movie of like, you know, he he cannot die. It's like, okay, well th- now you you know the story. Okay, well he can't die, so that it is what it is. You know?
0: Yeah. No, he's like, you know, it's like, like a what do you call it? like just a beast. Just pretty much. A, it's just a beast, and it just reminds me of like like when you just see like if you ever watch the Alien movie, they're they're fucking beasts and animals in that movie, and they're extremely hostile and volatile. So anything that goes near them, they just fucking murder. And that's pretty much Michael Myers, just
1: murder anything. Yeah.
0: Like there's no like. when do you think about it? Let me ask you. Any of these movies that you've seen with Michael Myers, is there anyone like I know Jason Voorhees, I think might have left a couple alive, but is there any? person that michael myers is encountering and he just doesn't kill like he just skips over them
1: i mean technically there are a couple of characters tying into the franchise but that's like that's like they were trying to make it turn into there's a relative bloodline again i don't want to go into it and spoil but there's a there's a relative down the line that he pretty much kind of i don't know doesn't kill for whatever reason it's kind of like what they were trying to touch on with number two in a way but it was yeah, so, the, and just actually Rob Zombie's version of Halloween, which is not a fucking favorite of mine at all, but he also was trying to emphasize in, during his fucking take on Halloween 1 and 2 of, like, him having a fucking soft spot for, like, glory, like, oh, that's my... It, it was weird, like, it kind of was, like, okay, hmm. I, it takes yeah. away the boogeyman thing, it's like, oh, you made him a softie in a way.
0: Yeah. No, you gotta have Baba Yaga you gotta, you got to have the boogeyman. <laughs> I agree. I agree. You really came prepared, didn't you?
1: Let's just say I might have seen these movies a couple of times.
0: Okay, then sound off. First thing that comes to your mind on the psychology of some of the best slashers and villains. And go. Here we go. Freddy Krueger.
1: Uh, hellbent on revenge. Is that a state of mind? Because that's whatever he is. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Jack Torrance from The Shining.
1: Uh, schizophrenic.
0: Yes, absolutely. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, Ursula. Jealous octopus. <laughs> yes, and very sassy, might I add. Uh, very um, sassy. Negan from The Walking Dead. Mm,
1: egomaniac, yet misunderstood.
0: <laughs> Immense egomaniac. Head is as big as a freaking Mardi Gras. Freaking balloon. Uh, Mardi Gras head and raisinets, sorry. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> You're out. And lastly, Vigo from Ghostbusters, too. Ooh,
1: a man stuck in a painting is forever suffering from carpathian kitten loss.
0: <laughs> he misses his kitten.
1: He misses <laughs> him. He's, just, he's just a furry.
0: That's all. He just wants to have furry relations. that's all.
1: Well yeah, so this has been kind of like our little you yeah. know again, we're not doctors we're, these are just our opinions, so don't like going to and it's just you know this this is how just... we kind of see the psychosis.
0: Two people's takes, geeky takes, and, and spooky takes on some fucked up psychotic villains from uh, pop culture, media, games, and so on and so forth. So, if you enjoy this podcast, please go and uh, follow us on all your, on, your, on your platform of choice. Also, follow us on Twitter, the Geek Burrito. Um, you can follow us on Instagram. Right, you're on Instagram now too, the Geek and Burrito. And Facebook as well. And Facebook as well. Just type in the Geek Burrito and you'll see a little happy burrito with the the eyeglasses popping at you, giving giving you the open arms, welcoming welcoming embrace. And stay tuned for next week's episode, very, very special, which is kind of like, I don't want to say a sequel to this, but it kind of a play on it a little bit, maybe kind of (laughs) sort of because of the spookiness as we approach Halloween.
1: It's going to be a great episode. It's all Halloween-based. It's all movie-based. So if you guys don't like video games, just stay tuned for the next one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you you can come for the video games, but stay for the movies and the spooky and Halloween themes come next week. But this has been The Great Talon and
1: the halloween queen oh and also before we before we go i actually i'm gonna speak on our behalf by the way we want to take time to thank everyone who's taken the time to listen to the podcast so far we're into episode two so granted we're still in the beginning but we've had so much support from our friends and family alone so with your help we can totally continue perfecting our craft so follow the social media pages that Great talent had mentioned, and if we continue to grow, you will be the reason that we become successful. So thank you so much for allowing us to basically bullshit and you guys just yeah. listen. It means it means the world to, to us for sure.
0: Yes, we love every single one of you out there, whether you love us or hate us, we love you for even taking the time out to listen to this. and we just want to say yes, like like Halloween Queens uh, said, we just appreciate your support and look forward to uh, delivering you much more interesting and engaging episodes in the future.
1: We'll see you next episode, guys.
0: Take care and have a good one.